Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 253. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvang. Uh, I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Good evening. So we're uh, we're doing an episode today. We're going to cover the the end of season presser. We'll talk a little bit about the last game, some thoughts around other news about the Canadians. But uh, before we get into that, Matt, you're going to be uh, you're going to be off defending our freedoms overseas pretty soon. I will be. It's going to be a busy week. Uh, I'll be officially deploying for the second time uh, as part of uh, Operation Impact. Um. To I'll be heading to Kuwait for six and a half months, give or take. Uh, be home sometime in November, leaving sometime on Friday. So um, I'll still try to make the uh, make the appearance here and there on the show as I can. I've already tried to set stuff up and talk to some of the people that are overseas about uh, internet availability and all that kind of stuff. So if it happens that I can come on at any time, um, you guys will see my physical transformation over there getting a little bit more tanned and maybe losing a little bit of uh weight in my cheeks a little bit with all that heat and the lack of uh you know snacks and pizza <laughs> from uh eating overseas right so uh you never know i might come back and i might be just, just as jacked as Treg is. you never know well, i don't know that's that's you know you, you got any peds to catch up i'll i'm gonna do my best I'm going to do my best. I like he's doing all the posing uh, training and all that kind of stuff. So he's going to have me there, but uh, well, I mean, it's only a natural fit for Treg. There's mirrors involved. <laughs> hey, so you got to love yourself if nobody else does. That's right. That's, That's where right. love starts. Yeah. Self-love. But uh, with the show, as I said, if uh, the more I can be on the better, um, I'll still obviously be checking out uh, Canadians news and NHL news throughout uh, my deployment. And uh, if I can pop on Twitter every now and then to give my uh, to give my say on what I think about the draft or what I think about a potential signing during the offseason uh, or a trade or anything like that, I'll definitely do so. So you guys definitely haven't seen the last of me, unfortunately. Uh, I'll, I'll still make appearances uh, as uh, as possible. And 
I'll just be a little bit more of a special guest every now and then um, until I get back in November. You're special now, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and no, your mom didn't make me say that. <laughs> and Treg, you're going to be uh, needing to invest in some earmuffs as you head up to Ottawa. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Let freedom now. ring, they say. Yeah, for the rolling thunder. No, he's not going. He's not going for that. I, I'm going. going that. I'm going. I'm going up in a truck. I've been. I've been looking at rebel flags, uh, just trying to pick the right one to put on my truck. Yeah. Did you put um, on truck nuts yet? Come on, Blaine. I've had, I, they were put on the truck as soon as I bought it. Oh, okay. Fair. Big giant silver ones. Uh, no, there's no truck nuts on my truck. There will be no rebel flags on my truck. There will be no F Trudeau on my truck. Uh, it's just going to be, a, actually, it's going to say steel, steel Chrysler is what it's going to say on the, right across the top of the window because that's what they put on it. I don't know why. Um, that's advertising. It. That's all I got. That's, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, so yeah, I go up there in just about a month from now. I'll, well, I'll be there on the fifteenth. I'll be officially starting work on the fifteenth, but uh, I'm posted there on the first of June. Well, you got the course first, right? You got to become a right. an intermediate leader. That's right. Yes, I don't know enough leadership now, so no, no. I have to, I have to drink the uh, military Kool Aid for a couple of weeks, and then uh, you know, having done that course already. The Kool-Aid they provide at the VMS in Saint-Jean tastes a lot like beer. Well, you know, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not the drinker I once was. Uh, however, uh, I will be in Montreal from the 23rd of May to, well, Saint-Jean, from the 23rd of May till the 6th of June. If anyone wants to pop over to McLean's and uh, say hello. I'm talking to you. Uh, right. So what, what's the name of their podcast again? Say it in French. Au Balotage. Au Balotage. Uh, I, just, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to screw up the accent. Um, I'm talking to you guys. So if you guys want to get together and uh, have some Anglo on your, on your podcast, I'm available. Well, <laughs> the parle, boys are going to be meeting us. Uh, the boys are going to be meeting us when we go to McLean's right. during the draft. So That's right. So. By the way, we're hosting a, dra- a post-draft party at McLean's Pub uh, on the Saturday after the draft. So for those who have to work tr- through the week and couldn't get to Montreal during the week to watch the draft, on the Saturday, we're going to be there bright and early. We're going to hang out at the McLean's. We're going to talk draft, talk Habs, and just hang out. So if you're in the Montreal area on the, the Saturday the 7th, Swing on by McLean's and we'll be there. Now, on to the show. So, um, even though the Canadians are not in the playoffs. What? Yeah. Since when? Uh, it, it was touch and go. Like They, they, just they were missed. close. They were yes, close. they were. It was so close. Came down to the wire. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just that final, just, that just final game of the season. If they would have yeah. scored 11 goals instead of 10, they would have been in. Yeah. And they failed us. <laughs> they failed us all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're, uh, the Dion, the Trois-Rivières Lyon and the, uh, Laval Rocket both made the playoffs. So if you're in the mood to watch playoff hockey and Canadians prospects, that's still a thing, uh, for, for Laval, uh, 
Matthias Norlander is on his way to Laval as we speak. We're recording. It is the 2nd of May. He's going to be joining Laval for their playoff push. Um, Emil Heinemann is already in town. He's, he's on the pro tryout. His contract kicks in next year, but he's got an upper body injury and he's being evaluated in Montreal. Uh, uh, they're going to be down Lucas Videmo. He had a hamstring injury and needed surgery. He's going to be out for seven months. Jesus. That's a big loss. He's a, he's a key uh, penalty killer face-off artist down in Laval right now. And this doesn't help him. He was next year. He was, I was kind of penciling him in as the 13th forward. And I don't think he's going to be able to make it. He's going to have to, he's going to need more time. Well, he's not going to be ready till Christmas time. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Gianni Fairbrother is another one that's hurt. Uh, he's going to be out until the end of May. So he's probably going to miss the first round and maybe the second. So, Oh, if anyone's wondering about Norlander and why he can play with the Laval, because I've seen that pop up a couple of times. Uh, he was put on loan to Forlunda. So he was already yeah. kind of in a contract with Laval, even though he did play in Montreal. So what the rule is, is if you're playing with, have, if you were not playing in your minor league team, in the AHL come March 21st after the trade deadline, then you are not eligible to play for that minor team if you're in the NHL. So Pizzetta, Clegg, uh, who else? Paling, um, Caulfield, all those guys cannot play for for Laval. They would have been on the, on the Laval roster on March 21st. Yeah, so they nice. could have done a they could have done a paper move and did it, but they they didn't bother. Um, or they could have been on the reserve list. So that's for the guys in junior. So when their seasons correct. are done, if they're eliminated from the playoffs, they can join the team. They can yeah. sign an, uh, an amateur tryout uh, contract yeah. and join yeah. the team. Um, but Norlander, since he went over to Europe to play in the Swedish Hockey League on loan from Laval because yeah. his contract was with Laval before he went there. Technically, he's still eligible to play for, for Laval because he wasn't in the NHL and he actually didn't play in North America at all. So he, he that's people were wondering how he was eligible because and Marco D'Amico had a great little tweet all about that. Yeah. Uh, so and I'll, uh, give, I'll give him credit on that because that's where I got the information from. Well, the so. first one to put it out was uh, Matthias Boudinet. Mm-hmm. So that was he put it out in French, but he was this, he was the first one to get it out there. Yeah. Uh, Marco friend of the show he got it out not long after but he got his information from the team directly right just to how why he could get not so much that norlander was coming but why he was eligible to play for the and that that's the information he got from them i think for me it was with baron going down with his injury that we saw that kind of as a a loss for lavelle as everyone was thinking he was gonna he was gonna be a guy that could step up, play top four minutes there. Bringing uh, bringing Norlander back is going to be a good uh, a good boost for them during the playoffs with Forlunda. Put up six six assists in the nine games, so yeah, um, he's got some experience. He's 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 used to playing, um, uh, at, you know, at a professional level. So hopefully, uh, we'll see uh, we'll see a nice boost um, to the Laval back end and and hope for the best. And is, isn't Belpedo injured as well? Yes, yeah, he's out for I think he's day to day. I think Sammy Nico's back. He was injured for a while, but he's back now. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Harris is another one that can't play with Laval. He can't That's go right. down because he was on the Montreal roster. Um, 
Yes, that's and, right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, however, you have uh, Arbor Jackeye, you have Caden Gooley, and you have uh, Jan, Jan Meshack. Jan Meshack, who can, once their playoff uh, games are over, could sign an amateur tryout with the Laval and, and play with They them. don't need however, to. However, they, it they is don't looking. Need to. They're it's all looking, under contract. But it's looking very um, stuck. It's probably not going to happen. No, as no, Ghoulies, no. Ghoulies are part of the Oil Kings, which are looking to possibly win it all. And uh, Hamilton with, with yeah, yeah, Hamilton for Meshack and Jackeye. So it's, it's, I'm going to say it's probably not going to happen, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. And all three are already under contract for this year they're they're on the junior slide though so they would need to sign anything yeah, yeah. someone like uh kevin Roy, who led the queue and goal joshua, in point. joshua, 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 joshua Roy. Ke- joshua Roy. Yeah. Uh, kevin Roy plays for laval i had yeah. that on my head yeah. um so joshua Roy led the queue and goals and assists and points yeah. really yeah. um he his contract kicks in next season so he would well, have he would to sign to an sign. ato yeah and, and, and good for him and good for the uh, – just kind of to branch off there for a second. Good for the Canadians' prospects. Uh, they actually had uh, two players um, pick up uh, pick up 100 points, with the other being Riley Kidney, uh, yep. 30 goals and 70 assists. And another guy that was likely going to get uh, 100 points would have been Xavier Simino, who put up uh, 86 points, including a six-point a six point game the other day against Moncton um, in, yeah. in 48, 48 games. 86, eight, yeah, 86 points in 48 games. So, uh, and these are all late round picks. Yeah. Simeno is a forward. Simeno is a forward. I thought he was yeah. a defenseman. Who am I thinking of? Oh, uh, I'm thinking of. Uh, of Jordan uh, Yeah. 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 Now, he, was, uh, he was hot to start the season. Then he, yeah. Well, William Trudeau plays for Charlottetown, put, had, that's had himself that's an excellent season. Okay. I'm yeah. thinking of William Trudeau. That's okay. who I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. He had a 44 point season. Yeah. He was on the second pair. He was on the power play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's playing so, behind Lucas Cormier though. So it's easy yeah. for, it's easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle there because yep. Cormier was quite the offensive defenseman this year. So. Yeah. But uh, all the guys you were, ta- we were just talking about, they're all from the 2021 class. Yep. And yep. like, was a fifth round pick and he led the queue in points. He's, you know, that I think that's going to end up being the steal of that draft. I think so. It sure seems, it sure seems like it this way, and uh, there's a very good chance we could see him um, at the juniors at the at the tournament. Yeah. And who drafted all these people? I'm guessing a scout. Yeah. I'm just throwing it. Like a lot of people go on about Bergevin and Timmons drafting, but if you look at the past three years. They're pretty much built in the future. They pretty much built the future. They've done. They've done pretty well. I'm they really hoping that. Uh, I'm really hoping that Semino can turn into kind of like a, a mold of, of Harvey Harvey Pennard, uh, late oh. uh, late draft pick, etc. Bring him in, undersized guy. Drafted a little bit older in his yeah. second go around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. At the very least, he'll end up being a decent AHLer and yeah. but, provide the fans but, a local guy. Right, but teams need that. Yeah, Oshawa is going to be the interesting guy, I think, in that whole thing. Yeah. He's either going to be a great NHLer or he's going to be a fringe NHLer, one or the other. Yeah. He'll either be a, a Charles Houdon or, or a, a exactly. decent NHLer. Exactly. Yeah. And Charles Houdon had a great queue. He was great he in the queue. He, just, and he, he, had, he was, and he was great in the AHL, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he was great in the AHL, but he just couldn't do it in the, in the NHL. 
it, it's people that it, I know what the AHL is the league just below, but there's a big jump between the two and that's, it's not easy for players to make that adjustment. Um, isn't, uh, isn't, um, um, Syracuse playing Laval in the first round. They are. Yes. All right. So we'll see Charles Dudon in the Will first round. Yeah. yeah. We'll see him in the first round. He, he did have a good season. He did have a good season oh, like yeah. he usually does with the AHL. He put up uh, 30 goals, 57 points. Or we won't see him in the first round because <laughs> he'll be a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> now, for anyone who's thinking, hey, I want to go watch Syracuse play Laval, uh, tickets go on sale tomorrow. Check out LavalRocket.com. You can get your tickets there. Uh, for Syracuse, this, this matchup ended up happening because uh, the last game of the season, the Rocket beat Syracuse just they just whipped them it was 6-1 it was just it was not pretty they dominated the game so i'm expecting this best of five series to be a really tight series and it will be uh laval really strengthened their their roster up adding a schnare shoot him and came down uh yeah kent hughes said he wants to help laval be successful in the playoffs that's why you saw guys like shoot go down uh uh, they sent uh, Yolwin in, even though Yolwin was playing great with the team. It wasn't about the fact that he wasn't playing as great or they needed the roster. It's they wanted uh, the guys who can go help uh, Laval do well, do what, go down there and help them. Uh, I think it's a good look at them. They're looking at playoff success as a good way to develop young players or getting playoff experience, which they weren't going to get in Montreal this year. Um, and Primo. They got Primo back down there. He's got to, But it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the – Starter there, Primo or Poulin, because Poulin outplayed Primo this year. Mind you, Primo spent a lot of time. He did. It's a lot of stints with Montreal sitting on a bench, but Poulin. He did have the better numbers. Poulin had the better numbers. Yeah. He had a 9, 920 save percentage compared to yeah. a 909, yeah. 2.34 goals against instead of a 9.9 uh, 2.94. So he. I'm, uh, I'm guessing they're going to go with the young guy because I they're think developing they players. So they're, you know. They'll put, they'll put Primo they'll in first. They'll start Primo, and if yeah. he doesn't, uh, then Poulin will come in. To... Yeah. yeah. If he loses, I think if he loses game one. Depends loses how. game one. Yeah. Depends uh, yeah, it depends how. Yeah. If he plays well and loses, no. If they lose four to one and he was okay, then maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, this development stuff uh, takes us to the end of season presser for the Canadians. Um, they... D- dismantled the Florida Panthers 10 to two yep. keep in mind however in that last game Florida was resting pretty much everybody so was Montreal oh wait no no they were but that that being said the fans got to end the season on a high note they got to watch a fun game uh there's a lot of goals the the young guys really looked good uh, Caulfield got his hat trick and they scored 10 goals it's as if Guy Lafleur himself reached down and touched their sticks. Double the wings. Oh, you get two orders of wings, I guess. Yeah, yeah I never thought of that. <laughs> Casual Spall is going to go broke. I never thought. Yeah. Man. Although they didn't have they didn't have to put out a lot of chicken wings through the season. I will say this: Cole Caulfield. I called the hat trick right from the first goal. Uh, well, I didn't oh man, he that. looked great that game. I said he needed four goals. I said, when he scored his first goal, I said he needs four goals to take the lead, four more <laughs> goals to take the lead. And he actually got 23. He, he came in second. 
behind uh, uh, Jernot. How do you say Jernot? Yeah. Um, who had 24. Tied uh, Michael Bunting, who some Leaf guys were going on about, oh, he's such a better goal scorer than Caulfield. Well, he tied him and he played 12 less games, by the way. Um, so good and for he Caulfield. didn't have a Matthews. He didn't have anybody. Well, Suzuki. Yeah. Who, who, who played well. Um, yeah, man, Koivu, Koivu. Caulfield was uh, was just amazing. He was amazing that game. That was probably the best game I've seen him play. Yeah. And if you go over his highlights that Matt shared there, even though the goals and games are wrong, uh, if you uh, highlight not one of his goals is a garbage goal. Not one of his 23 no. goals is a garbage goal. You know, the one that impressed me the most in that game, though, is the one that he's his third goal, the hat trick goal. He had Sherratt right on him. Now, Sherratt, that's a regular. He was yeah. playing because it's Montreal, and we'll get into why later, uh, playing against his friends. But Sherratt's right on Caulfield, and he takes that pass at his feet, kicks it forward to a stick, giving him that extra foot, foot and a half, so he can get a shot off real quick. And it was pre-planned. He let the puck go past him to his foot instead of trying to handle it with the stick right away. Those kinds of instincts, you can't teach that. Well, St. Louis might have taught that. He's taught Cole a lot of things since he came into this. uh... There's little tricks and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the instinct to just do things like that with one of the best defensive defensemen in the league at the moment on your back not so much. Well, I I mean, props to Mike Huffman, who did his best that entire third period yeah. to give Cole Caulfield his, his hat trick goal. He was looking for him every time he had the puck. And he even made bad passes, which he always does anyway, to try to get him that puck. So uh, props to Mike Huffman. That's a good team player. He knew the young guy was looking for his first hat trick, and he was, uh, he, he was looking it. for him that entire third period. And, and despite the fact that the season was so painful, I mean, they gave up five goals or more 31 times this season. Despite all of that, ending the season on a game like that, which is meaningless to the Panthers, and especially, you know, considering they're playing most of their AHL players, at least the fans in the building got to see something fun, got to cheer, got to have, like, the place was rocking. Oh, it was packed. It was rocking. It was fun. Um, I loved what Gallagher did at the end there with the uh, asking the mic to Caulfield. Every, everyone and Caulfield had no idea. Um, <laughs> so it, it was it was a good time. I liked how they all stayed out on the ice and signed autographs for people. Took the jerseys off their back and uh, gave them away. It was just a very good. Uh, they acknowledged that the season was was beyond a shit, and uh, and they went with it. Now we're going to get more into some of the reasons why it was shit and how some of the players felt about certain things, but uh, it, yeah. it was a good two game win streak. It was a good, they, they, they clinched last place. So all the tankers were happy about that. And they still were able to get two good wins under their, under their belt before the end of the season. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they, they had a good couple of games. The second half of the season was clearly the better half. So at least there was well, that. 14 wins under Martin St. Louis. I predicted 15, so I was one off. You were wrong. I was one off. It was much more than nine that someone else predicted. I won't name any names. 
And Matt, I don't know what you predicted. I can't remember what you said. Over nine. It was over nine. I know that. It was over nine. Yeah. I think he said 37 wins. <laughs> I think he said they were going to run the board and win the and win yeah. the entire thing. So. Yeah. Getting it all. Yeah. So yeah, so the end of season presser um happened on Saturday. I know it's Tuesday as we record, but uh clearly the three of us, you know, between set up setting up for deployments in our career courses, it's hard to get on, get us on at the same time. So we're going to do it now. And uh, it started with Hughes. So Kent Hughes got on and it's kind of breaking down what he saw through the year. And they were asking all kinds of questions about what his next plan is. But the first thing he said was that he's going to sit down with Marty St. Louis and get him signed. Mm-hmm. Both sides said they want to sign a contract and he wants to coach next year. They want him to coach. It's just a matter of getting a contract. So, yeah, I yeah. expect something within a week. Yeah. The one line that I liked about, uh, about Hughes, when he talked about St. Louis, he said that he was a fantastic communicator with emotional intelligence that gets the most yeah. out of his players. And I think we saw that with uh, the majority of the players, uh, you know, namely Suzuki, um, Suzuki, Caulfield, Dvorak, uh, even Chris Weidman, Jeff Petrie, et cetera. Uh, yeah. These guys stepped up and played at a, at, a, at another level, uh, obviously didn't have much to play for other than themselves and kind of pride, but uh if you can have a, a guy behind the bench that can do that, and maybe we'll see if they revamp any of the uh, remainder of the coaching staff, we could see uh, we could see a little bit of a bump moving forward next year. And under St. Louis, you'd be hard pressed to find any one individual player that did not improve after his arrival. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about Jeff Petrie, uh, it just because it kind of connects to what we're saying here. Uh, he's actually second thinking about wanting to leave the Montreal Canadiens organization because of Martin St. Louis. Uh, I, still, I still believe he will. Is so, it because of Marty St. Louis or because they're lifting some of the restrictions that'll allow his family to have his parents and her parents? A little bit of both, but he did say under Dom Ducharme, yeah. it's not that they had a difference of opinion or he didn't like Dom, but Dom kept doing the same thing over and over and over yep. again, even yep. though the veteran players were telling him this isn't working. And, and when uh, he made his comments, he spoke for the team. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he so he cleared the air on that because he didn't say that before. Everyone thought that was Petrie talking, but really he was saying, as a team, we're trying to do this or tell our coach this isn't working and he's not. Yeah. So when you talk about communication, there I don't think there was a lot of communication between Ducharme and the players. No, no, and I think no. that's what broke down. And that's where Petrie was frustrated, plus the yeah. family thing. Yeah. Uh, and then with Martin St. Louis, the communication was more open. Yeah. Uh, you've seen, I mean, Petrie had 10 points in his last 10 games. So, yeah. uh, um, but and he I mean, said he's, he's not closing the door on the organization. No. So, uh, but I, I fully expect that if someone calls and offers the Canadians something worthwhile, He's gone. Like well, they're not going to give him away, but no. Maybe maybe silly to do that. Yeah. If it works for us and for him, we'll do it. Yeah. If it doesn't, yeah. we won't. So and uh, it's plain and simple. You you look at the Canadians under Ducharme and under Saint Louis, and under Saint Louis they improved basically at every single metric. Except the power play. And the power play. Nope. Power play was slightly better. Okay. The penalty kill actually was a lot better because they went up like three or four spots on the penalty kills. So. Uh, they went up 3% on the penalty kill. They were up 0.2% on the power play, which oh. did bring them up a spot. Did bring them up a spot. 
Uh, overall offense, overall defense, they were in the middle of the pack. They were around 16 to 18 in both. For offense? For offense and defense, uh, like goals allowed. They had the worst goals allowed in the league. Overall, yes. That's how horrible they were. Yeah. Uh, oh, you meant under Martin St. Louis. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. So in the yeah. time frame that St. Louis was in charge, the Canadians were middle of the pack on basically all of that. Yeah. Like penalty, penalty kill, defense, off, uh, offense. Power play was was around 20th, which, you know, honestly, considering where they started from, it's pretty impressive. Hey, All because St. Louis was able to talk to the guys, get his ideas there, and he worked with them. He didn't just say, you're going to do this and that's it. Genius move of the year, moving Coke off field to the left wing. Changed his entire game. If anyone knows how to get a skilled guy going, be a hall of fame skill guy who would have thought a peewee coach would turn around an nhl team only because you're a peewee coach blade you're just saying that because you're trying to get a job in the nhl i am for hire i mean i i coach a peewee team right now we're doing great how's the communication (laughs) pretty good i mean i get the 11 year olds even the small ones to finish their checks Now, speaking of the little ones, the development, uh, Kent Hughes was talking about his plan. He never says rebuild, but let's be, let's be honest. They're rebuilding. He's not going to come out and say it, but they are. Well, they, they kind of changed their tune about free agency. I remember before in the season, they said they were going to be heavy into free agency and trying to get uh, top players they didn't really change the tune. They're still saying they're going to go after a top player, but at least now they're saying if we don't get them at our price, no. But they're not, I don't think they're going to fill the hole with plugs like uh, no, Bergevin no. used to do. So what are you talking about? Let's be Steve honest. Ott was amazing. But he came in a trade, not a free agent, but I'm oh, sorry. Let, 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 let's <laughs> Let's be honest. Bergevin would go after the big fish, not get him, and then he'd find some cheap replacement like Matthew Perot or Cedric Paquette. And yeah. oh, well, we'll just fill it in with this guy. It doesn't. It, and it, of course, it didn't work. Um, so I, I don't see Hughes doing that. I see no. him going after a big fish. If it doesn't happen, he's just going to go. Well, what do we have in the organization that can fill fill this hole? Yeah. I think it's going to be inter- I think it's going to be interesting because he uh, he stated that his top priority at the moment is going to be preparing for the draft. Um, he was at the um, U18 championships in Germany, and he's going to go to the World Championships in Helsinki. Even though, as of right now, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Gallagher are the ones that so far we know that have been asked. They've all turned it down. So the fact that he's just going to be over there, possibly scouting other talent, is is, is a good thing. Um, and then obviously the uh, the um, the draft's going to be huge with the Canadians possibly being able to pick one. And uh, even if they even if they don't, they have the first pick of every round. And they yeah. have a top three pick. So yeah, yeah. We'll know on uh, in exactly one week on May tenth yeah. where they're going to be picking. So it'll be interesting. And like yeah. you said, no less than th- uh, third place. They're, yeah. they're not picking past three. I do like how Hugh said he doesn't expect ball. I like it and I don't like it. The fact that he says he doesn't expect a lot of change uh, between uh, the roster before tr- before training camp. It looks like he's going to really look to 
rely on the youth and maybe see who's ready to make make the next jump. But at the same time, I don't want to see guys that aren't ready just filling positions, just to fill positions with you with the youthful players, and then we'll kind of see how it goes. Well, I mean, if you look at what they've got up front, they've got uh, they've got a, a bunch of guys who could step up and play in the NHL who were able to like uh, Yellowin and yep. Harvey Pinard might be able to add themselves. I mean, Videmo could have been someone that could have done it before he got injured. So they've got players who can step up. Uh, it's on defense. That's a real problem. Yes. I mean, yes. Gooley's showing up. Norlander's showing up. Uh, yep. uh, Jack is going to be moving up, but I don't which see is, which all is good guys. to see and, and to yeah. play these guys that are within the organization or that they drafted or signed, but but NHL ready? I don't think yeah, so. They need to have some NHL depth and NHL um, vets to come in to, to, to... I think they'll do that, Matt, but I don't think it's going to be plugs. Like, I think they're, well, yeah, they're going to go... It needs to be, it needs to be the right move yeah. Yeah. and not just plug it to plug it. And if it happens that they can't fill a position with a, with a player that they see a fit within the organization, then the, instead of putting in the so-called plug, they're going to use a player within their organization to do so. Cause I mean, I, I totally think Jesse alone is going to be a Montreal Canadian. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, and I think he's going to get top six minutes and third, he's going to be a third liner with some top six minutes in power. Now, time. Hughes kind of hinted at his plan overall in his comments. And he said, uh, we're young. I think it's hard to sit here today and say, Hey, we expect to compete for a Stanley cup next season. Yeah. No kidding. Um, if the objective is to build a team that can win on a sustainable basis, it's not just a question of drafting, signing. There's a component of development. So he's he's making it clear that they are going to stick to their young players. They're going to develop their young players because he, this ties into his comments about St. Louis and his, com, his communication. So he was talking about how good of a development uh, system that, that provides. And yeah, it's going to be a draft develop they're not going to sign a lot of guys they're not going to be there might be a couple of trades which they're going to have to do to make some space because yeah. the canadians are over the cap as we speak yeah. and only have 18 skaters they still have to re-sign alexander Robinov, one of those young guys that they really rely on and rem pitlick who's shown that he could step up into a bottom six role yeah. and i wouldn't be surprised they try to sign cole caulfield early as of July 1st, I think they can, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go in and try to get him signed early. Yeah. Just so they don't have that worry of someone trying to offer sheet him or something like that. Without getting into too much detail, I just just a yes or, or like a, just one word answer. Do you guys think, I'll start with you, Matt, that he'll sign a bridge or a long-term deal? Long-term. I right? agree. Long, I agree long-term. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be long-term for all those guys like Romanov, uh, Caulfield. They're going to try and match up the long-term with Suzuki, I think. Yeah, I think for those guys, I believe so. Um, we might see some bridges when it comes to uh, some other players within the yeah. organization. but Not those two. Not those two. I think uh, they want to keep those guys around as long as possible. So do and, what we can. Yeah, and part of the way he's going to make some space on the cap is by trading Shea Weber's contract. And he stated, Hughes stated, I think it's highly unlikely that Shea Weber is going to be physically capable of playing again. I'm not a doctor, 
but we've had these conversations about whether we would trade his contract. If we thought he was able to come back and play, we probably wouldn't have had those conversations. So he's going to be traded this summer. Speaking of Weber, everyone wondered why he didn't show up for a bunch of events in Montreal. Apparently it's an insurance thing. Yeah. So uh, he was in Kelowna with his family. And uh, like, I know there's a big thing about him not showing up for Guy Lafleur's thing. Well, neither did Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. They were in Germany. They were in Germany. However, the only ex-captains for the Montreal Canadiens that were at that thing was the two that played with him. Bob Ganey and Yvonne Cornway. So... You know, yeah. I know I got Weber. Weber was at the last game of the year, he and he's gonna and, and he's gonna be at the funeral. He yeah. wasn't. Yeah, he, he also did his. He was there today or yesterday. Yeah, which 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 for me is is, is that's yeah. very important. Yeah. Be there for the funeral, right? Be there with your teammates for the last well, game. There was a big stink about Shane Weber, who doesn't care enough, and it's give it up. I can't. I can't see fans in Montreal making a big stink about Shea Weber over anything. It's terrible. It's terrible. Like they've never done it before. Why start now? Uh, well, uh, one guy, you could tell he was trying to make it into a French English thing because every captain he mentioned that didn't show up with a surprisingly English, you know, Gianta, Koivu, uh, non-French captain. And then I said, how come you're not mentioning Pierre Turgeon or uh, Guy Carboneau or, uh, you know, uh, Trying to think of some other Vince, Vincent Danfus. Vincent Danfus. How come he, they never showed up? Well, and then he just they were they were there. They were at the RDS. They were there. RDS Studios is not in the Bell Center, so no, they were not there. <laughs> yeah, people are going to make their anyway. own narratives up and anyway. do their thing. But the bottom line is Shea Weber's contract. I'm guessing Arizona sometime before the draft. And yeah. that'll open up the cap space they need to sign Pitlick and, and Romanov. But that takes us to the next gigantic question mark that's going to be hovering over the salary cap issues for the Canadians next year. Paul Byron. Nope. Oh, okay. Bill Armia. Yes. He's in Finland with his family, so we won't pick on him. So we're going <laughs> to aim at Price. Never Gary heard of him. Price. Never heard of him. Didn't he play for the Canadians a couple times this year? Uh, yeah. Was he like Mont? Was he like Montembeau's backup or something? Was he? <laughs> I can't even joke about that. I love Gary. I love yeah. Gary Price. So. <laughs> Montembeau's backup. Yeah. Montembeau's backup was the red light. <laughs> no, that was, was tan- that was his tanning light, <laughs> and it was always on. Uh, I, should, I shouldn't say that Montembeau played well his last couple of games. He did. He. He played through. I mean, this team was bad for a long stretch, and he played through it as best he could. I can't. You can't fault him for that. Do I want to see him back though? Absolutely well, that's a different not. question altogether. Yeah, like that rash I had the other. Never mind. I don't <laughs> want to see that again. Oh, <laughs> uh, you young and single guys. No, but Carey Price. Back to Carey Price. Um, his ten point five million is going to be an issue. Especially yes. in the next four years, he's still owed $31.5 million. So there's no buyout. There's no retirement. He was going to either play or go on the LTIR. Because yeah. he's not going to throw away $31.5 million. And he has a choice of they can't put him on buyout unless he says they can put him on a buyout anyway. Exactly. So. Yeah. 
Now, and he's not going to do that. No, uh, he had the surgery last July and he's still having swelling on his knee. Now his comments in his press conference were, uh, and he was asked if this was going to be, or could be his last NHL game. And he said, if it was, it was an a plus day. It, the 10 to two win over the Panthers would be a great way to go out. There's different aspects of goaltending that's required these days. That is very difficult for me to do. I'm still getting a lot of swelling on my knee. I don't think I can play a full season with that. It isn't sustainable. Another surgery is on the table. I've always been a fighter. I've always been a clar and I'm not giving up. So he's, he's resigned himself to the fact that he might have to retire, but he's not going to, he's going to try not to. He, I also add that he said, as of right now, he doesn't think he could sustain. And then he went on to say he has a long summer ahead of him. He'll see where he is. He's hoping to be ready for training camp. Yeah. But he said that last year, too. So. Yeah. so anyone hoping that they can trade him for something, that hope is gone. The, now it's, will he play or won't he play? And but he, he could become another situation like Weber if he were, if he, if he were yes. just a contract thing. So Yeah but that still causes cap issues through the summer because there's not LTIR in the off season. Yeah, that's right. So but you, you can have go to, over, to fit you can go over the cap in the summer then. by 10%. Yeah. But they have to be able to fit under the normal yeah. cap limit. So yes. if you have anyone under contract, they all have to fit under the cap limit. That, uh, that 10% buffer is if you're signing someone new to come in. Hmm. I, I suspect, uh, one of the bottom four, like a Joel Armia, a, a Paul Byron to be traded or at least something to happen with them, like a bad contract coming back to get rid of them. I still think this is a big reason why Jeff Petrie probably won't be back because six and a half million dollars or 6.25, 6.25 yeah. is a big chunk of money that they can get rid of along with the 7.8 of, of uh, Shea Weber. Yeah. Um, this looks like a very banged up team because right yeah. now you've got Shea Weber who's likely never to play again. You've got a very banged up Carey Price who's likely going to need another mm-hmm. surgery. Um, Paul Byron and his hip might need another surgery. Right, might need another surgery. So you a lot of these veteran guys. It's, and then you got Jonathan Duran with his wrist. Duran could be another guy you see traded in the off season. Just right. So I don't know really. I mean, I can see he hasn't had the chance to play under San Luis yet. No, no, but it's $5 million and there's yeah. one year left. If anything, it's the trade deadline move that that's that. Yeah. If that he comes back and he at. plays well and he's healthy come trade deadline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't see a team wanting to trade for him now. Cause they're going to, they're not sure if he can play more than 20 games in a year. And he has a, moniker on him that he's a lazy player so i don't think it's a fair one really it's just a style neither do i i mean you guys know how i feel about jonathan Druin and how i defend him he's a he's a 50 goals he's a 50 point score healthy every year yep <sighs> yeah as for carry price i don't think he's done but i wouldn't be shocked if he is it's borderline i, I mean i just a- wish they would go one way or the other. It's hard to do when you got $31.5 million left. You're not yeah. going to say one way or the other, unless you know for sure. But as yeah. an organization, you got to know what you got to do with your goaltending in the future. Like, yeah. If it happens that uh, price is coming back, expect pretty much a 50, 50 split between him and Allen. 
Yeah. I think the big key here is watching to see if they re-sign Montembeau for next year. Uh, yeah, I know. And for rather... what kind of term? I think yeah. as a safety net, they will. He's an RFA, so. Yeah. If they only sign him to a one-year deal, then you're, you're like, okay, there's a chance that he comes back and they put him on waivers. They sign him to two or two or more. But even uh, if they sign him for two, are you saying you want Montembeau to be your number one goalie after no. this year? Because no. Allen's done after this year. I'm not saying that. I'm just no, saying, I'm not saying you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying, is that what the organization's trying to no. say? You know what I mean? Well, no, so, they're looking at two years down the road. They're hoping that Primo's ready to step in. Otherwise, yeah. two years from now, there's a decent UFA f- field of goaltenders. Yeah. I'm not high on Primo. I don't think Primo's going to be the goalie of the future. In Montreal, I don't think he'll but... be a starter in two years. No, I don't think so either. I think he'll be, a, it'll take him three or four because you miss that almost the entire season. All the jerking him around, going up and down. He missed a ton of games. I think, I personally think Frederick DeChow is going to overtake uh, Caden Primo. He's got to sign first. He does, but I think that's uh, that's the goalie of the future for Montreal. What about Vrabeck or Dobes? Dobes is pop- I, All three could jump Primo. But that, that's just my feeling. I don't yeah. see Primo as the goal. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. Like even his AHL numbers. But you're right. He got jerked around. He got moved around. He's never had any stability. Yeah. Uh, so, and I mean, he got lit up hard in the NHL this year, which can play yeah. a lot of, so that could affect his AHL numbers. I want to see him in the AHL for an entire season. So I'm hoping. And left alone. Yeah. So this is why I'm hoping that Montreal doesn't sign Montebo and go gets, goes get another goalie like Allen on a two and a half, $3 million deal that can. Yeah. But if you got a guy on, you know, worth 10.5 on the IR or, you're not sure if he's going to come back or when he's going to come back. Are you really going to go spend any more than uh, a million bucks on a Montembeau? I will if it meant better development for Caden Premium. Because if they're just going to keep, or at least sign an AHL goalie, that's a two, like that's not Poulin, that doesn't just have an AHL contract. So you can well, bring him up and down instead of bringing Primo up and down. Poulin's contract is up at the end of this season. They might give him a two-way deal. Sure. That, that I would go with. But then you got to worry about him going yeah. on waivers every time yeah. he comes up and down. So. I, I honestly think if Price is unable to go, they're going to they're going to keep Montembeau. They're going to go with that tandem again, and they're just going to let the season play out as is. And if they if they just miss the playoffs, awesome. If they Connor, finish dead Connor last, Bernard is on the kind yeah. of Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, Matt's cousin. Dude, yeah. I would not be surprised if the Canadians finish with a a top five pick yeah. next year. Oh, I, I expect it. I totally expect it. I would be surprised if they had something between 11 and 15. I'd be surprised if they make the playoffs. Oh, no, that that's no. It's all, it's a price factor. If Carey Price yep. comes back and plays 40 games, you might have 23 wins under your belt with Carey Price. So, and then Jake Allen could give you another 20 wins. So there's 43 wins. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I would rather my team, if I'm not going to make the playoffs, I'd rather them be in the top five. You draft be really, if you're going to be good, be really good. If you're going to be bad, be really be bad. Really bad. Because yeah. that middle of the pack shit that they went through, I mean, don't get me the wrong. Last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, or what's going to happen is Florida is really going to shit the bed next year. And then Montreal's going to have their first round pick. And it's, it's going to be protected. And it's going to be Connor Bedard. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, they could, they could have they could have two top ten picks. 
They very well. They could. Florida they really could. shits the bed next year, yeah. and then Huberdeau becomes a free agent. So not only do they have Connor Bedard, Shane Wright, but then they sign Huberdeau to a big That's right. contract. And That's right. Suzuki Huberdeau, Suzuki Huberdeau, Caulfield be a, be a Huberdeau good would be Montreal's Panarin. Ooh. And then off to the Stanley Cup Finals, Price comes back to play in the playoffs, and everyone's happy yeah, with a bionic Price. leg and yeah. wins his cup. Even if he and, sits on the bench, he wins his cup. Yeah. yeah. And he does he get a t-shirt that says 18.5 million over the cap? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will send it to him. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, uh, I don't know. I he had surgery in July. It's seven months later. He's still getting swelling on his knee. And as someone who's had uh let me see 43 surgeries on my knees, it, it yeah. Being able to play at that level with uh, a bad if with the knee that bad i i doubt it i really do uh he wasn't happy last of them. he wasn't happy with the uh with the doctor when you see him in new york because all he did was yeah. go over images it didn't answer any of his questions because all he wants to know is why is he getting the swelling what can he do to get rid of the swelling what's causing the swelling and the doctor didn't have answers for him so he's going for a second opinion uh, the big thing is he never said he was getting surgery. He just said it's not off the table. No, it's Another on the surgery table. It's not as on the table. Yeah. So uh, it's that second opinion. He's going to go with what they say. Right. And yeah. uh, they could come back and say, Hey, you know what? The swelling is just this, uh, you know, physiotherapy will fix that or whatever. Or they could say you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Which could also depends. be very likely. And he, he said yeah. it's only in hockey. Like he, his day to day, he's fine, yeah. but a goaltender has to move their knees in specific ways that puts a lot of pressure on that joint. Yeah. And I mean, the synovial fluid will build up and that'll, that'll cause a lot of problems. So I yep. get it. I get it. I'm expecting, I'm, I'm really hoping that we see uh, a lot more pushback from the Canadians next year, especially when it, especially in terms of uh, protecting their goaltender. And, yeah. and how vital that's going to be because if Al, if, if Allen's the number one to start the year, we know what happens after him. Uh, it's a, it's, it's all downhill. So I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, if price is just going to miss a little bit of the year, or if it happens that, you know, we, we don't think he's going to be back as soon as they know as an organization, that's when you have to start looking out and maybe having a one, a one B situation with Allen and somebody else. Like, yeah. I know that they looked, there was rumors. They were looking at uh, Ilya Samsonov out of Washington with, with Vitek Vanacek kind of uh, um, taking the next step, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Georgiev out of the Rangers could be an, uh, another option that they can yeah. look at. Yeah. Um, I think the Canadians though, this summer are, if they can move a couple of contracts out to make some space, yeah. They're, they're well set up for uh, being the second chance. So guys that need a second chance to really show that they're NHL-type players, like Kravtsov out of the Rangers. or I mean, you can go through a list of 50 guys throughout the league. Yep. Uh, Sam Steele in Anaheim, uh, Morgan Frost in Philadelphia. Yep. You know, guys that need a second chance to prove themselves. Yep. Montreal is perfectly set up for that kind of thing this year. PK Subban. It's a, it's a, I'm not going to say that. No. <laughs> I did not say it's that. A, it's really a no-lose situation because yeah. they, they'll come – Montreal's not going to be doing anything. They're not going to be 
not they're not expected to do it. They're not expected to make the playoffs or go to the, even Hughes pretty much alluded to that when he said we're not looking really at making the playoffs right away, right? Um so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a no lose situation. It's like a Weidman signing. There was no lose situation with Weidman, and I think Weidman turned out to be great. I would love if they re-signed him. To be honest with you, uh, yep. he was he was a great bucks power less. play. He was a great sure. power play quarterback. Uh, he was better than Petrie on the power play as quarterback, and so I mean, he's a guy you can put on your third pair, mm-hmm. play on the second wave power play, play fifteen to eighteen minutes, and you don't have to worry. And he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to hurt no. you. Either side of the ice, and he didn't. And speaking of def- uh, protecting goaltenders, like Matt was mentioning, uh, a full season with Joel Edmondson and David yes. Savard on the blue line yeah. would help. Yep. And so, hey, Savard's second half of the season, even before Martin St. Louis got there, night and day. Yeah, that's a lot better. When he came back from that injury, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, night and day. And that was I, before I, St. Louis took over. So, yeah, I, I really honestly believe that that one month off is all they had from the end of the Stanley Cup to the start of training bad. camp. That made a, a, a world of difference because yeah. you look at the, uh, the, the top four teams from last year's playoffs, only one team made the playoffs out of those four teams. And that was Tampa. And that was Tampa. Well, Tampa's got so much talent on their team. There was no way they weren't making it. So yeah, they can dress half their team and still win. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but, yeah. Uh, um, it's going to be an interesting off season. I think, I think you're going to see. Yeah. I think he's somewhat right. I don't think there's going to be much of a difference in the, in the uh, team, but there will be some moves. People moved in and people moved out. So it'll be a change of the mentality and change of what's going on behind the bench and what's going on in the dressing room. Because if we know that Weber's not coming back, price isn't going to be back. It's time for someone to, to, to take the bull by the horns and, 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 and uh, step up and, uh, we're going to see somebody with a C on his, on his uh, Jersey. And I know that's not the most important Suzuki. thing all the time, but it's going to be a symbol and it is going to be a new uh, uh, era, a new era, a new vision for the team. Right. So, <coughs> and it does seem like it's going to be Suzuki, if not Gallagher, right. One of those two. I don't think it's going to be Gallagher. No, it's going to be Suzuki, and I fully expect to see about 12, maybe 15 players on this roster that are all 26 and under. Yeah. I think it's going to be Suzuki. I think Edmondson and Gallagher will probably get A's. Yep. Yeah. Uh, maybe even Petrie might get an A if he stays there, um, but I don't think so. Um, might see Anderson or Savard with an A. Depends on what Gallagher. It depends on what happens with Gallagher. I think Gallagher is one of those. I don't know if I want to be with this team type players. I think he's going to be. Well, by his comments at the at his end of season presser, everything points to him wanting to stay. So. It, it does, but that's you never a bad know. contract. That's a bad contract, and I think Hughes and Gordon know it. Yeah, but he said that he also said during his presser that he had lingering issues like issues. pelvic pelvic issues yeah. and everything like that. So. I'm sure one hundred percent with his style of play. If you're not playing hundred percent, which I don't know, which I don't think he ever does anyway, but if he, but if he's not playing close-ish to hundred percent, it's it's one hundred percent going to affect him. And it's really too bad that uh, I already brought this up earlier with the guys for um, the World Championships because I, I really expected to see 
um, especially Suzuki. It's, 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 I, I expected the, the Suzuki and Caulfield to go. Uh, the fact that as of right now, we're not going to see any of them represent their countries is a little disappointing, but. Um, I kind of expected that though, Matt, because the long season they had and the short yeah. off season, I, I yeah. was kind of thinking that that would happen. And yeah. uh, I agree. I would like to, I would have liked to see more of them, but yeah. uh, I, I, Caulfield, though, I kind of thought he would play. Um, yeah. Suzuki and Gallagher, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But if, 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 if Gallagher can build himself back up and, and take the uh, instruction from the coaching staff, and I don't necessarily want to see him change his style of play, but possibly alter his style of play so he doesn't get as banged up, he can still be a very effective um, uh, leader for this team and a very effective player. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he can. I still think that's a big contract on a depreciating player. It is. It is. So the, the most important thing for me right now is going to find um, who's going to be that guy that's going to be playing um, on that top line with Suzuki and Caulfield. If those are going to be your yeah. two core offensive players, like Pitlick got a look, he's not going to be there as the, as the long term. Um, Hoffman got a look not not isn't he isn't the look i don't think drew has the look as of right no, but now he's going to get a turn he'll get a turn but for me if you look at the guys that are on the team it's anderson and if it's not then they've got to look outside the organization to see who's going to be that person yeah it's like who's going to play a power game that's that's basically what they're going to need on that line either they need someone that's going to play a power game or someone that's going to be that secondary offense or that secondary or tertiary offensive yeah. player that's going to be you know with he'll be the person he'll be a, a not necessarily a decoy but um another option for suzuki to pass to i you think know, you know you know who played really well there joel armia at, when, at uh, times yeah yeah i just so. don't think it's sustainable for a full year no you look at some of the teams across the league that are really really mm-hmm. clicking and of course, a lot of them are highly skilled lines, but they they get put together. They struggle as a group. They succeed as a group. I'd love to see that finally with the Canadians. Have that one, have a line that you actually do something. I think Anderson can stay on that line. Um, problem with Anderson is he's streaky. Yes. I'm going to throw it out there. This is going to be a rumor that I'm going to say that's going to happen. That you're starting. Uh, yeah, that I'm starting. Andre Kosmanko is going to sign with the Canadians. Russian, okay. free, Russian free agent. It's, it's possible. If he can get out of Russia. He is, uh, I think he's the same uh, same agent as uh, Romanov, uh, Milstein or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And Romanov's he's, not going back to Russia this summer. No, he's going to have a hell of a lot of uh, he's going to have a lot of uh, interest around the league. Put up fifty three points this year in forty five games. Um, so we'll see. And he's already he's already said that he wants to come to North America. Twenty six years old. We'll see yeah. what happens. He'll be uh, maybe he'll be rookie of the year. Yeah, like like I said earlier. I mean, <laughs> this is one of those best case scenarios. It's second chance time. They can get guys like this try them out if it doesn't work who gives a shit the 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 whole plan is to just let them play anyway and see what happens it's managing expectations it's like that uh that dating service on uh in living color 
lowered expectations. Was that Saturday Night Live? No. Mad TV. It's on Mad TV. Yeah. My expectations are high anyway. No. I'm going to be looking at individuals through the season. Like this year under St. Louis, like someone like Dvorak, who scored at a 63-point pace. If he can play a full season and get 50 with the face-off percentage that he had was uh, close was to unreal. 56. That was unreal. If he, can, if he can keep that up through an entire season, get decent points, that is a solid second centerman for the Canadians. Uh, depending on who they draft, I mean, it might be Shane Wright, might be Logan Cooley. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So the center line in a couple of years looks a lot better. So uh, let this season just happen. I'll throw this. I'll, th- I'll throw this quick question out to you, because you just brought up uh, Wright and Cooley, and we're talking. We're you know we're talking about the Canadians, and obviously they're going to have a top three pick. Or uh, is your one like? Would you boys both both agree? Um, Shane Wright number one, Cooley number two. I don't know if Cooley will be the number two. I I think Shane Wright will be the number one. Okay. Whether he's the right pick or not, I still think he's going to be in the number one. Okay. Number two, I think it's going to be Slavoski. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be Cooley. I, I do you, think Cooley's going to be And who would you say round out your number three then? for Slavoski, Slavoski would be three. Yeah. Cooley. Yeah, so it's okay. one or the other, right? Do you think that Nemec could step up to the be that uh, number, not, be that not number that, three? Not that high. It no. dep- I guess it depends on who's picking number three. Yeah. But uh, I don't Same. think – what, Cana- what if it was the Canadians? No. No. No, it's either Slavoski or Cooley. Yeah. Whichever one of those two is available at that pick, if it's the Canadians at three, they're going with one of those two. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about their uh, uh, organizational depth, right-handed shot defenseman, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, he's putting up really big points right now in the Slovak playoffs. He's got uh, 17 points, 19 games. Yeah, him and Yurisek both look really good. Yeah. I don't think they're the BPA at two or three. That that's just, and I think they're going to go with BPA. I think they pretty much already said they're going to go with the best player available. And I yeah. don't think now four. Yes, I can see either one of those defensemen going four. Yeah, um, yeah. However, I don't see them higher than Cooley or Slavoski. I just don't see it. Um, Especially not after problem, that Olympic Games for Slavoski. Yeah, the problem with Cooley uh, and Slavoski is Wright has a chance to walk onto Montreal next season. Has a chance. He does. I he don't does. think it'd be a good uh, idea, but yes. I, but he has. A, I don't think Cooley and Slavoski are. They're one or two years away. Although Slavoski is physically capable, I just don't think he's uh, with North American ice and all this kind yeah. of stuff. I don't think it's he's 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 closer than say Cooley. Yeah, I think Cooley's about two years away. He's probably maybe one year in the AHL, maybe for Slavoski or whatever. Yeah. But that, well, with him, it's probably going to be he'll show up, he'll play nine games, then go back to Europe. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Because I don't think they're going to be rushing anybody's development at this point. There's no point in exposing them to what's going to happen next season. It's not going to be pretty. They're going to be at the bottom of the standings, but I do think it's going to be better games. Wright's going to be the tough question because I don't think he has anything more to learn in the OHL. That's the thing. He's a a right-handed shot uh, as well, right? I believe right-handed shot center. I don't know. Uh, nope. Le- uh, yes. Yes. Right hand shot. But yeah. he's going to be tough. Where do you put him? Cause he, he's really got nothing more to learn in the OHL. And 
I guess the AHL is where they're gonna. They, they, wouldn't, be able, the they wouldn't be able to. You can't. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's, 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 it's the gonna, NHL that, that, or the OHL. That's why I think Wright could step onto the team next year if he's drafted. Simply because of that. Then again, because he missed a year, a year, an entire season, I can see the Canadians just saying, "You know what? Go back to the OHL, dominate, do what Suzuki did, yep. then come back." Yep. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. So I think that's pretty much it. We covered a lot. Uh, we're going to try and get a couple more shows in here uh, soon. Uh, depending on our schedules, but uh, we can't guarantee anything more than one a week for now, just because, you know, damn you military <laughs> taking all our time. Yeah. They do pay us. So, you know, we got to got to do what they do, what they say. Right. It's the way it is. So do you guys have any final thoughts, Matt? The thing I got to pass on is um, obviously uh, Gila Fleur's funeral is going to be coming up uh, tomorrow. Um and I just want to pass on, uh, there will be a uh, RCF CF-18 Hornets that's going to be conducting a flyby over the cathedral in Montreal during the departure of the funeral procession at approximately 12.45 p.m. So um, Guy Lafleur served uh, two terms as honorary colonel with the RCAF with 12 radar squadron and with uh, three-wing Bagotville. This uh, F-18 is going to be from uh, Bagotville. And uh, I think it's a very classy gesture from uh, from Three Wing and from the RCAF to do so. And uh, yeah, if you see a, if you see a fighter um, buzzing around Montreal, it isn't uh, it isn't part of the Rolling Thunder protest or anything. It isn't uh, it isn't there for any any other reason. It's not a show of military force, anything like that. It is one hundred percent for Guy Lafleur and uh, his former status as an honorary colonel uh, for the RCAF. Keep in mind as well, he uh, he was a holder of the officer of the Order of Canada, which is the yeah. highest level. So that's a that's a huge deal. So he's getting honored as a colonel and as an officer of the Order of Canada. Trey, I don't have anything, but uh, if you're looking for good workout clothes, go to liftoffapparel.ca. Uh, and, uh, you can get, uh, shorts, t-shirts, muscle shirts, hats, uh, lots of women, uh, workout clothes, bras, shorts, pants, everything you want. That's all I have. Oh, and, uh, tune into ESPN Northwest Florida 104.3 on YouTube or Facebook. I did a playoff preview with them today and, uh, talked a little bit about the Canadians. That's it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Toot toot. Well, they yeah, mentioned Habs unfiltered, so I'm there. Sure. You go, getting their name out there, and that's that's great. Honestly, that is really good. And as one of the older, still working Habs podcasts, the more the better. The more people you bring in the listen, the better. We'll uh, we'll try our best through the summer to put out steady content to keep everybody happy, but uh, you know, keep us in mind. Uh, I just want to say, mention, check out HabsUnfilter.net for all the promo codes and our sponsors. Uh, there's some pretty good savings in there. And if you are a rich millionaire or you own a company and you want to advertise with us, let us know. That's all I got. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening to us, especially this season. I know it was difficult for fans. Uh, there was a lot going on and interacting with you guys made 
this season go by less painfully. So thank you for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.